0: I'm going to introduce you to some folks that have done that and a whole lot more. (laughs) Sorry about that. Just uh, cracked open a Bodhisattva. So um, anyway, thanks for listening to the show. This one's a really fun one. Actually disco from the trail show. I, uh, I don't know. I, I I can't remember the exact conversation, but I was basically asking him if he had any ideas for folks to come on the show, and immediately he came back with Twinkle. and I and then the funny thing was, is I said, "Hey, man, you got any questions uh, that I should ask him?" And he said, "No, no, you'll you'll get enough out of him." <laughs> and I did. Uh, he just he's done so much, and it's a lot of fun to listen in to uh, him and his wife Grace. Uh, they've been on just uh, some fun journeys and stuff, and. Anyway, the one thing I I really kind of got geeked out on was he uh, uh the pack rafting stuff, and I think you'll enjoy just a short cl- little bit there that we talk about it. But uh, to let you know, I did find them on Amazon uh, for maybe uh, I think fifteen bucks or twelve bucks or something like that. Uh, the, the pack raft that he's talking about from Walmart too. So uh, for those of you that are Amazon folks, you know check that out too. Um, anyway, also I want to talk about the sponsors waymarkgearco.com. Hey, if you haven't seen their fanny packs, I know right now Mark just released uh, some some of the fanny packs, Limited limited Run, and those are a hit. And I think I talked about them before that he had them at PCT Days, and him and his wife were wearing two of them. And they <laughs> so many people wanted them, they sold them right off of their bodies. So uh, they were wearing clothes and stuff, so it was okay. <laughs> but, no, seriously, um, he just makes some really fun packs. I encourage you to follow him on Instagram over at waymarkgearcode.com, and of course, sixmoondesigns.com. Um, they, I actually just packed one of their tents up to a lake with my kids, which I have an episode coming out, and uh, well, I didn't use it, but it's not because of the tent, it's because of our decisions, and it's going to be kind of a fun episode, actually, that's coming out. but Six Moon Designs is always in my backpack, even just the, the one that I have, the uh, the solo is is so perfect for almost like an emergency back, uh, emergency shelter because it's so light and you're already carrying. Well, at least I already carry a trekking pole, so uh, you know if my kids and I needed to, we could jam in that thing and and be out of the elements, so to speak. And uh, anyway, yeah, go check out Six Moon Designs on Instagram, and if you're not following them for sure, but uh, also just because they're always putting up some really cool pictures. And like I said, it, it's funny when I see the logo because my buddy Jim, he won one of the hats and he wears it all the time at one of my live shows. And so I see that design I immediately think of Jim now, even though I own, I'm i the one that owns the tent. But anyway, yeah, so go check them out. Thanks for sponsoring. And of course, check out Patreon. And if you haven't joined my Facebook group, um, gosh, I don't even know what it's called, Cascade Hiker Podcast Group, something like that. Um, you know, go check that out on, um, on Facebook. It's kind of fun. You know, not a lot of people are interacting, but, uh, um, I've had it up for a while and, and I'll post some things from time to time and from time to time people will interact. Um, yeah, I just found it and it's, uh, it is, there's 238 people in there and it's called cascade hiker podcast group, hiking and backpacking. And so, yeah, in fact, I put up the, uh, the link to, my last show 162 with Justin Sprecher who's on the PNT and immediately uh, Brenda Ulinsky said that yes she had listened to it so thanks Brenda anyway yeah go check that stuff out five star reviews or or whatever kind of review you want to give uh, would be nice and Patreon Facebook group all that stuff enjoy Twinkle he's a lot of fun and he, he just uh, the stuff that he's done it uh it'll make you want to get out and and do something with yourself get off that couch like i always try to say but uh here's the episode starts like it always does all right next on the cascade hiker podcast what's your name and where are you from
1: hey i'm uh stephen twinkle as the trail name and i'm from golden colorado
0: right on man well hey let's get started right there um wh- where where are you f- you grew up in golden then
1: no i actually i uh, grew up in michigan
0: Michigan okay and and so yep. you've done just a ton of trails. I was kind of doing some quick little uh you know research on you or whatever and uh man, you've been all around um back in Michigan were you hiking there?
1: Not much really I uh, grew up hiking with my family, but my mom was the one who inspired me. She bought a John Muir trail like guidebook back when I was in early college years, and she didn't end up doing it, but i Took advantage and looked through it, and me, and my buddy from school there, went and did it in 2009, and that's kind of what kicked everything off. Which I feel like a lot of hikers are like, "Oh yeah, John Muir Trail, my first through hike." So <laughs> I'm one of those people.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. I mean, it's it's a beautiful area. Uh, I've been. I, yeah. I haven't hiked. I haven't hiked through the trail, but I've been in the area, and man, just gorgeous. I bet you that was amazing for a first hike.
1: Yeah, phenomenal. I was just hooked. I think uh, it took us about two weeks and. I just remember thinking it was the best, I mean, it's a decade ago now, which is kind of crazy, but I do remember the feeling of like, this is the best two weeks of my life. This was just ultimate freedom, so much fun, discovery, and new things, it was, yeah, all of that.
0: Right on, and so, did your mom do a lot of hiking then, in her past?
1: Um, Not, not, not like that, no, it was more, you know, casual day hikes and stuff like that, but she had kind of dreamed of doing that and she had a chronic illness and it kind of kept her going and she kind of dreamed "Oh, you know, if I get better, this is what I want to do. So I kind of took that dream and went with it and yeah.
0: That's great, man. You know, there's a, there's a ton of people that are in the outdoors because of somebody that, you know, inspired them to get out there or, 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 you know, they took their own passions from their parents or whatever it may be. And uh, so that's cool that you did that. and uh, I bet you she I mean I you said chronic illness was she around then to to see you complete that?
1: She was yeah, she was I mean, long story short about my mom. She was sick and on several treatments and then when the doctor gave her a short amount of time to live, a new treatment came out and it was cured her and so she's she's still here but not physically well enough to do something like a through hike so unfortunately we'll never get to do it but fortunately is still enjoying life and able to see what her kids are up to and oh, that's she great, loves man. seeing all of the hiking i'm doing and stuff and she still gets out quite a bit which is nice
0: yeah oh that's great man and it's so cool to be able to you know she could live through you who and you were inspired by her originally so that's that's really neat
1: yeah It's it's a, yeah it's a cool relationship that's for sure I must
0: say, uh, you know, I, I, get, I get, I get to talking to some folks about hiking and you have a long list, like I say, of hikes and stuff. And I definitely want to dive into some of that, uh, uh th- you know, some of the things you've been able to accomplish, but, uh, I wanted to start out, I want, I want to draw people over to your Instagram. Um, it's uh, what? Shattuck three, one, one. Yep. Yep. Two T's Shattuck. And, uh, man. Your your photography is amazing. Uh I don't know if you're just shooting with an iPhone or what, but um or or maybe you're just hitting those right spots, but uh man, some of this stuff <laughs> is just phenomenal. You you probably hear hey. that a lot though, right?
1: No, oh, well, thanks. It's a huge compliment and I love photography and you you actually read right, a lot of the photos, I would say 50% or more are just from my Google phone, my Google Pixel, and uh I'd say the other fifty percent are nicer cameras, but nothing nothing too fancy there. Just you know just mostly simple point and shoot, some fancy stuff with the stars like you see, but yeah, I just I just love that's that's part of you know, part of what I love with through hiking is being immersed in these scenes and I mean being able to capture it and take it home is a really nice thing too. So
0: Well, I'm sure you can relate that uh I think oftentimes I find that some of my some of my my own pictures, uh, some of the people I would say, man, how do you get that shot? And I say, well, because I went there, you know. And uh, <laughs> so I, I guess I, I guess as I'm looking through your pictures, I kind of see that too. It's like a lot of it has to do with your eye being able to capture these spots, but it's also your locations too, right?
1: Uh, yeah, and I'd say for me, much more so, just being there to see it you get out on these long hikes or whatever you're doing to get outside in the canyons or on the rivers, you just get to spots. Most other people wouldn't, especially, you know, a lot of photographers are the ones who are like professionals and stuff are out there where they can drive to and get all of their big equipment. And I think through hikers have a luxury of seeing a lot of things that most people would never get to see. So even just point shoot with cameras is can just be phenomenal. And, I've seen so many thru hikers where just their pictures are outstanding. It's it's just from the phone, so yeah. Happy to be. I, I remember when I did the John Muir Trail, I I didn't even have a smartphone. <laughs> I had a little point and shoot, and you know, it's nice to have a smartphone in your pocket and be able to just shoot everything you want uh, nowadays. Yeah. And that's just in the last ten years. It's uh, kind of crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's got your maps and your 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 phone and and your pictures. Yeah, it's it, it's really a, a pretty cool tool
1: it is yeah yeah so, it is a great tool in the backcountry that's for sure
0: yeah man so let's talk a little bit about your trail so obviously you mentioned the John Muir what else uh what else have you been able to accomplish or or do most of
1: yeah I've, I've done I've done so I did the John Muir trail I did the long trail and Colorado trail after that um that was all in college and After the Colorado Trail, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing in Michigan? I got to move to Colorado now, (laughs) like as fast as I can. So, doing the Colorado Trail, I mean, had a huge impact on my life because without picking up and doing that on a summer vacation in college, you know, I wouldn't be living where I do now and having the life I have now. And so, I'm always, you know, attached to the Colorado Trail in that regard. And then You know, once I finished college, I went to work for a large CPA firm called Deloitte and Touche. um, And was able, I knew, I knew that if I worked there as an auditor, I could get some time off once I established myself. So I did kind of put my head down and put three full years in, felt that was valuable enough to the firm that I could ask for time off and took a six month sabbatical in 2014 and did the Pacific Crest Trail northbound and then met my friend on the Appalachian Trail and I met her in New Hampshire and hiked it southbound so I've done most of the Appalachian Trail except for Maine which I hear is like the best part so I'm excited to go back and finish that at some point I haven't yet um then in 2015 I took another sabbatical from the CPA firm and went and did the Continental Divide Trail and got about And then somewhere just past Yellowstone is about where I got to that year with the time I had off from work. Um, And yeah, then I put my head down again and my my wife got married and we saved up for about almost three years together, like saved really aggressively and then took the last 15 months off where we were mostly doing through hikes around the world or long distance treks, which was amazing.
0: Wow! Best
1: fifteen months of my life.
0: That is cool. Well, I was looking on your Instagram, and well, well, first of all, what just how cool is that? that you, you know, you basically got inspired, and you just went out and did exactly what you should have done. I mean, that that's so cool. And then, and then, one of the questions we get a lot that I'm sure you hear all the time is, "How do you pay for this?" Well, you kind of just went over that, right? So, uh, it sounds like you kind of take a job on, and then go hike, and then take another job, or is it usually the same job?
1: Usually the same, yeah. I mean, I knew at the CPA firm I could take sabbaticals, so that was you know that was a big reason of why I went into accounting and why I went with a big CPA firm where I knew I could take time off. And you know, I did the CDT, PCT, AT, almost all of them in two years and don't have any gaps in my resumes. I just have Deloitte and Tooth through that entire time, which is super helpful in my career you know if we want to get real boring here and talk about that (laughs) (laughs) but uh (laughs) but after that i did leave um and went and worked at a public company just doing um auditing for them doing internal audit and you know i had to quit that job to take the 15 months off and that was always the plan was okay when we when we want to take this year or year plus off, we want to quit our jobs and not have any, not have any commitment or like a looming date like oh we have to go back. We just kind of wanted the freedom to be like oh, you know we'll see with our finances how we're going and how we feel and when we desire to go back and when the time's right we'll do it. So that actually just came about a month ago and both of us got jobs and now I'm working for the Continental Divide Trail Coalition and just started about two weeks ago.
0: Oh, wow. That's perfect, man. What a what a great yeah. job. Are you uh, able I, to do the, your same style? So are you like a CPA for them or are you doing something else?
1: Exactly. Yeah. I'm a CPA for them. And my technical, my title is finance manager. So I'm, I'm doing like finance, accounting, bookkeeping, HR, you know, wearing several hats since it's a small oh, not-for-profit, sure. you know, it's, it's not nearly as well-established as say like the Appalachian Trail Conservancy or the Pacific Crest Trail Association, it's kind of you know lagging behind just as the trail wasn't developed until later. You know the trail organization is the same. So, but oh. it's exciting times. It's like it's basically a not-for-profit startup, and it's it's been a lot of fun, and there's a lot of opportunity for growth. And yeah, I mean obviously the mission aligns directly with my interests. So
0: oh, it sounds like um, a perfect yeah. job. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. Uh yeah, know, step back a little bit. I'd love to talk a little bit about that. Uh, even though you've only been doing it for a month or so, uh, but I I first want to talk. Uh, I, obviously, I mean, you know, with with the amount of trails you just rattled off and and the whole trip around the the world and stuff, or you know, however far you got. But um one thing I noticed on your Instagram, I wanted to ask you about: what is the Great Outdoors Challenge?
1: Oh, that's a that's a great question. So actually, my good friend Grant, who works at gossamer gear um he approached my wife and i about this and it's an event that a magazine puts on with another group in scotland and basically you apply and you either get accepted or not they they try to limit the number of people that can be in it it's almost like consider it a race but without any competition or race involved in it it's similar to that where like you apply and if you get in you then create your own route across scotland and the way they do it is they give you about 14 starting locations and about 14 finishing locations and you obviously pick one of each and then you create your own route between them so it it takes a lot of effort and planning and i love doing that i love route planning i love creating routes i like getting into backcountry and looking at maps so i spent you know, a few months really tooling and planning a route across Scotland and it got approved and we got accepted. And basically you everybody starts on the same day and you finish about the same day. And the whole idea is to like build camaraderie and have like a very fun social event, but not have it be like a line of people on one trail, you know, just following each other. Like here's 300 people going down the same trail. It's kind of a, an interesting web where you get to meet a lot of people and you'll cross paths. You might cross paths again, a hundred miles down the down the way in a different little town or village or boffy or something. And yeah, so that that happens every May and we did that last year in 2018. It was fantastic. Yeah, ton of fun.
0: Uh, that's cool. Now then, uh, since you had done it last year, uh, and and that time's already come for 2019. Did you follow that along this year? Just out of curiosity.
1: I did, yeah. We had several friends who um, went and did it again. One of the people we met that we really connected with was a gal named Sally who lived in Scotland. And actually, we got to hang out at her house because we hiked right through, I think it was Inverness was where she was living at the time. And she's like, oh, yeah, my house is like just down the road. (laughs) But um, she did it again (laughs) this year, and it was really fun to follow along. And, yeah, it's, it's just cool to see a lot of the people I know. Another buddy of mine, Craig, did it, and it's fun to see people doing it year after year, and there definitely is that, like, bonding with other people. You know, similar to if you hike the PCT, naturally, it's going to be a very social thing if you're going northbound because there's so many people that do it, and, you know, that's part of, you, part of what makes it so special, I think.
0: Uh, that's good. And then um, you guys were on the 15 months. Um, did you do a lot of planning for the rest of the trip? With, with you know, you said for that uh challenge that you did a lot of planning specifically for your route there. Um And I know we you did, had some ideas yeah. of what you wanted to do, but was there any specific like, all right, here's where we're going to go over here. We're going to travel this way and do this thing. And, uh, you know, how, how free will was it and how more planned was it?
1: Yeah, we actually we had what I thought was a really good mix where our first um, our first like four months. Were pretty well planned out not in a day by day but kind of like oh for the first two months we're doing the Hayduke, duke and then we have a flight to scotland and we're doing this you know trek across scotland the great outdoors challenge you know and then we're going to norway for a bit and we're gonna do some peak bagging and then we're gonna meet my sister in the pyrenees and we're gonna do the pyrenees high route for the month of july and then so we kind of had that all planned out, but it's not like you do a day by day plan when you're doing a through hike like that. You know, at least I, that's not the way I do my through hike planning. I'm kind of just like, Oh, we have this amount of time. It's this many miles. We have to average 25 miles a day. Like, okay, well we'll hike about that a day. And that's about the most planning I do. Um, Except I would say for the Hayduke, Duke took a lot of planning and um, yeah, that, that was a ton of fun. I really enjoyed it planning the hayduke and it was more route planning than you know day by day planning but I'd say we did we did like 50% of the hayduke and 50% was kind of our own choosing I, I used across utah which is another long distance hiking trail that goes east to west or west east across utah and um used a lot of other resources nick bars and tuna helper had a lot of really good alternates to the hayduke and Then my wife and I pack raft about 130 miles as well. So planning all that was like a monumental task that I (laughs) really enjoyed. I spent months, months doing that and like tooling with, Oh, I really want to see this area. How can we go see that, you know, within the confines of this longer journey? So yeah, to, to answer your question fully, some of it was very detailed planning like that, but we didn't plan any further than the first four months. And from there it was all free flowing. So, you know, we might do some planning on the road and plan like the next month or two just on what we wanted to do. And maybe we just go with the flow and, you know, if locals told us to do something, we just go do it. And yeah, it was a good mix. I think it worked out really well, both the planned part and the unplanned part. And it was, it was nice to have both and kind of see how we reacted and how we enjoyed our time based on whether or not it was planned or more free flowing.
0: Yeah. I like that a lot, man. And, and it just sounds like an amazing trip all together. I mean, geez, I, I, when I was asking you about that, I guess I'd forgotten that you probably did something before and here you started with a Hey Duke. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, it was the perfect start. Admit, and to this day, the Hay Duke has been my favorite long distance hike adventure that i've done of all of the trails i've hiked the Hayduke duke has been my personal favorite and it's i'd say it's not even close it was just like i think the culmination of like we've been saving for three years and you know it had been on my mind like after doing most of the triple crown like oh the Hayduke is the next thing that i really want to do like i'm really jonesing to get out there and explore that area and having kind of three years of excitement for it and it was, you know, my first long distance adventure with my wife and she had never through hike before. So the Hayduke was her very first, Wow! you know, introduction to long distance backpacking. And it was just, yeah, really fun shared memory for us and to have it be multi-sport too, like going through some canyons and pack rafting the Escalante, doing, you know, a hundred miles on the Colorado river from Moab to Spanish bottom and, you know, doing some Hayduke and some, off trail, like alternates that others have put together, it was just a really exciting thing for us. And at the end of it, it, just felt like a huge accomplishment. Like, you know, to see that growth in Grace and see how proud of you know, how proud she was. Like, I can't believe I did that. You know, it was a pretty cool experience, and you know, something I'll never forget sharing that experience with her. So,
0: wow, and that was only the beginning. And uh, so, what, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, what, what about? somebody that's done a, a significant amount of u.s long distance hikes and then now has traveled the world what would what would be like something i don't know what are your top couple of hikes that you kind of want to do or or adventures beyond that because i mean now that you've seen you know a lot more from the those you know i don't know from the long distance eyes what, what do you what are you kind of looking at in the future
1: yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was a good 15 months in doing things overseas and kind of being able to compare that to the hiking I had grown up with, which is, you know, in the U S and Canada, um, there are like some really stark differences and for good and bad. But I think the thing that the U S and North America has that we didn't find as much of overseas is just like vast wilderness, um, mm. which for better or worse, you know, it's just, the differences that there are is U S has a lot of unpopulated area and the places we were overseas were oftentimes much more populated and busy in the mountains and wilderness and whatnot. Um, so I think that shapes a lot of my focus moving forward. And what I really enjoy is, you know, having done a lot of the longer trails, what I've kind of grown into is much more of the routes. And I, I really enjoy peak bagging here in Colorado. So, like mountaineering and that type of stuff, if I can incorporate that or pack rafting into a long distance sort of through hike, that to me gets me much more excited than just maybe following a said path like the PCT, which the PCT was amazing and I loved it. And it was, you know, the best thing ever in 2014, but, you know, I couldn't see myself being happy doing it again or being as stimulated doing it again. So I I think, you know, that's, a lot of rambling but <laughs> what i'm excited for moving what i'm excited for moving forward to answer your question is much more of the routes um things that might have more technicality in them um this summer one thing i'm really excited to do is the fifth nerd traverse um that is i think there's it's about 80 miles or 70 or 80 miles in colorado's front range and it stays right on the crest um there's a few variations of it. I know Skirka just put out a map set for it recently and he kept it to more of like a hiking trail, like, Oh, I'm going to put out this map set. So I'm going to, you know, tame it down and I'm not going to have anything above class three so that the general public who take this in and have done the PCT or the CDT can pick this up and do it. But, um, the original route has much more, you know, gets into class five and has some serious scrambling. You might need a rope and some short repels and stuff. And, I'm really excited to get into something like that um, this summer. I'm hoping to do that in September. And in terms of longer trails, I'd love to do um, the Great Divide Trail up in Canada. I think the Canadian Rockies are like the most beautiful mountains I've ever seen. So even though that's much more of just like a hiking path, I I would love to do that just for the natural beauty. Um, And then my wife and I, we'd love to go back to Nepal and do some more trekking in Nepal that was you know really wonderful and a great cultural experience and the mountains are obviously just mind blowing you know you're standing at like 19,000 feet and right next to you you're looking up 10,000 feet higher than where you're at you know like this i can't even just believe. <laughs> this is not wow, like it's, yeah it's hard to fathom the numbers and how big everything is and that was pretty crazy for us so we'd love to go back and do some more long distance hiking in that area and Um, there's several in South America as well that I'd love to go do, but I think I need to work on Spanish a bit more (laughs) before I tackle that. (laughs) That would help.
0: Yeah. I, well, I would think Nepal would have quite a few, maybe they wouldn't designate it wilderness areas, but, uh, uninhabited areas.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, they definitely do. Um, I'd say of all the places we went overseas that had the most wilderness, um, and granted we didn't, we were only there six weeks, so we didn't get to see, like all of nepal but i'm sure there are places we were we were in everest region most of the time so obviously that would be the most people um the most populated the most um built up so i'm sure if we went other regions it'd feel much more like a wilderness adventure and i know you can get that in nepal so hopefully when we go back we'll go to something like that nice we have a few ideas
0: can you talk a little bit about pack rafting? I've, I've had a couple people on, um, just kind of give a little basics on it. What do you, what kind of gear are you using different than backpacking for that?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's almost the exact same. I'd say I usually step up my backpack size just because, um, you know, it's going to be a lot of weight. Typically when I do a through hike, if I'm not pack rafting, I'll take like a very minimalist backpack with no hip belts and. That's always good for me, but if I'm going to carry paddles and a raft and a life jacket and say maybe even a helmet, um, then I step up the size and usually get a framed backpack with a hip belt and something that can carry that type of load. Um, and then as far as the actual pack rafting gear, it, it's really not that much. You need you need to keep your stuff waterproof, which you know typically I have anyhow when I'm backpacking in case it rains heavy. <laughs> Yeah. Um and that's just like an inner liner in the backpack. Uh and then you, a pack raft, there are several kinds. It's it's actually funny. We used two different kinds. We used an in reach explorer, it's called, which you can get from Walmart for no joke, ten dollars for the entire pack raft. And we did a hundred miles on the Colorado River in the Intex Explorer two hundred, and it was awesome. That was part of the Hayduke. And then we actually, the rafting service that we use, they just picked them up and took them back and we just gave them to the rafting service. (laughs) Um, And then we also have alpaca pack rafts, which are more of like, ooh, the Cadillac of pack rafting if you're trying to go light and cover long distance. And I think they weigh about, um, I think, just under five pounds each and which really is not that bad when you think of it and i know there's other brands as well that are great like cocapelli and you know i think there are more even than that but you know that's that's typically it a life jacket um the raft and a paddle and maybe a helmet depending on the situation and maybe not even the life jacket i hate saying that because people might you know listen and then go out and not wear a life jacket but if you're in a situation where you don't need a life jacket, you know, don't bring
0: one. So, yeah. Well, I mean, that's up to that your before. own personal decision, right? I mean, uh, you can't be held responsible for anybody that makes their own decisions. But, um, yeah, man, yep. that's uh, a that, that that's that's really cool. I I didn't know that there was the options for such a cheap one. I mean, ten bucks, man. If you need a replacement, you're on a out there in the middle of nowhere. That's a that's a good good little replacement there for ten bucks.
1: It is, and, and you know, in fact, I would actually recommend that as starting because. You can get used to it and be like this is something i really like and want to invest you know much more capital in or do you want to you know just do it occasionally like maybe every other year and, and just stick with the ten dollar pack and you'll be just fine you, you, i mean it depends on what type of pack rafting you're doing too the colorado river is just a float; it's a lazy river and you know there's no like no danger at all in it where we were going from moab to spanish bottom you know there's hardly a ripple so we felt fine in the Intex Explorer. And we had our nicer pack rafts, the alpacas for the Escalante, which we rafted with our friends, Aaron and Chris. And they came out and actually brought us our pack rafts, but they were using the old Intex Explorers and they got through just fine. I mean, they had to tape their boat several times and like repair some holes, but they made it through, right? It was at the end of the day, they made it through just fine. and. We actually pack rafted the Escalante again this spring because we loved it so much. And we on um, the Hayduke, you only do a section of the Escalante. I think it's like 37 miles. However, the Escalante is like 80 miles long. So we went and did the full thing this spring because we enjoyed it so much. And we ran into a group of five people all in Intex Explorers, and they made it the whole 80 miles. So it can be done. You don't have to. It, you don't have to go spend $1,000 to be able to go pack rafting. You can go literally spend 50 bucks total and pack raft the Escalante if you want.
0: Nice. Yeah. I was thinking about actually looking into possibly doing that uh, for, cause I hike with my six year old and 10 year old daughter pretty much all the time now. They're old enough to where uh-huh. they, they can do most things. And um, I was thinking about getting one, I don't know, maybe two if they're that cheap, uh, and, and kind of for like some lake bagging like go out and uh you know why not uh you know take a pack raft up to a lake where you normally wouldn't be able to get to the other side because it's just so nasty uh and there's no trail around it or whatever and go explore you know is that that'd be probably a pretty good item for that right
1: i think that's perfect that is like that is exactly what they're made for they're you just put them in the backpack and they're small and they have oars and everything and I think to get your kids out on a lake, like way up high above tree line and stuff, they'd probably think that's the coolest thing. I think I would think that's the coolest thing ever if I was out there in that. So, yeah, that, I think that's sweet. That's a great idea.
0: Right on. Well, you may have just spent my some of my money. I better tell my wife.
1: <laughs> right on. It won't be much. It's 20 bucks. It's like getting two burritos at Chipotle. Just tell her. <laughs> it's a burrito per boat. <laughs> How do you know she likes
0: Chipotle? No, I'm just kidding. Um, what? Uh, <laughs> So talk about the colorado trail is is it coalition right
1: uh connell divide trail coalition oh, right, yep. Right, yep
0: uh talk about that a little bit cause, uh I've never talked to anybody uh that's that's been a part of that, so you know uh you've been with it only for a short time, but talk about the 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 coalition a little bit,
1: yeah, so it's about seven years old and it's it was founded by teresa martinez um who's a really good friend of mine. And basically what they do is you know, their mission is to protect and promote the Continental Divide Trail. So, you know, they're to build, protect, and promote, I think is the three, um, and its mission statement. And so basically what they're doing is the same as the Pacific Crest Trail Association or Appalachian Trail, except, you know, we obviously have a lot more work in our hands because we're still finishing the trail like physically like getting the trail on the ground and getting it signed and, you know, getting it approved where the trail can be and then protecting it by protecting the lands, purchasing the lands, getting easements, getting grants to use the land that the corridor goes through. And then also promoting it, you know, getting the word out that, Hey, there is this third trail. And, you know, I I think in the through hiking community, most everybody knows like, Oh, if you've done the PCT, everybody, you know, you know about the continental divide trail as well, but I think you're, your average hikers or your day hikers or your people who might just go and do the John Muir trail or something, they they may never hear of the continental divide trail or never even know it's a thing. And you know, it's, it's an amazing, amazing piece of trail. That's, you know, 3,100 miles from Mexico to Canada that rides the divide of the U S it's, you know, it's a real treasure that we have it here and that anyone can go hike it. So yeah, that's, that's basically what the organization does. And you know, it's, it's exciting work and there's, there's a lot of work to be done. And, you know, we got a lot of talented individuals and employees really passionate about what they're doing and that makes it a great place to work.
0: Oh, that helps out for sure. Uh, I'm kind of curious. Cause I was actually, uh, I helped out the PCTA on, uh, I don't know, kind of helping them clear uh, something out. I, <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it yet or not, but when I was doing the job, it seemed like it was a very hush-hush job that we did. But anyway, uh, they had purchased some land for the corridor to, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the viewing corridor of the PCT up uh, in in the North Cascades. And what they had to do was uh, they had to purchase the land, and then they gave it to the Forest Service. Is that kind of something that the, the CDT is dealing with, too?
1: Yeah, definitely. So it's 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 a lot of working with like the Forest Service and different organizations and it's not like we're purchasing the land and it's ours. Um it it's a lot of work with the Forest Service and I don't know all the details about that yet as I just started, but um yeah, I know we work heavily with the Forest Service and a lot of our arrangements are, are you know, done in you know, in with like hand in hand, we do them together. Sure. So
0: all right mm-hmm. on, man. That sounds like it's going to be a fun job for you. Like you say, it's almost a perfect fit. Um, I want yeah, to yeah, ask, right. uh, well, what I would first ask is, you know, if you think about it after we talk, if there's anybody down there you think I should talk to, I'd love to um, interview somebody, maybe even Teresa, or I don't know if she's still involved, but, yeah, whoever, uh, you know, if you think about that. But also, um, just kind of in closing, um, I don't want to take up too much of your time here. What, uh, Where did Twinkle come from?
1: Yeah, that <laughs> – good question um it was actually on the long trail back in 2010 and i was hiking in boots and had a big backpack and didn't quite know what i was doing yet obviously and just had a bunch of blisters and there was a young couple that knew a lot better what they were doing and (laughs) um the gal she said oh like let me take a look at um i'm a her job was like being a physical trainer or something like that athletic trainer for a high school or something so i was like okay and like put my foot on her lap she's like all right now wiggle your toes around just a little bit so i can see all the blisters and her her husband was like <laughs> twinkle to toes <laughs> oh that's cute <good. laughs> so yeah i just kind of shortened it to twinkle and that's that's how people know me but yeah i I get a lot of names off that uh, You know, a lot of my friends like snorkel and then we'll all call me Twinks or Twinkleberry or <laughs> Twinkie <laughs> or you name it. <laughs> uh, that's fun,
0: man. And now you're working at a job where they can call you by your trail name at your
1: job. Yeah, I mean, my boss, Teresa, she's oftentimes calling me Twinkle. You know, she calls me on the phone, Twinkle, <laughs> which is <laughs> awesome. It's it's a lot of fun. I, I, I just think, you know, through hiking culture is so fun in that way. And you don't take yourself too seriously. And it's pretty lighthearted. And, you know, it's just. A good atmosphere it's good fun and
0: good people oh it is man you know i'm not a through harker myself but uh just through the podcast and through donating my time into organizations like the pnt the pcta and um and uh, all the west a little bit here and there and uh you know it's just it's fun man there's just a lot of a lot of fun people and and just accepting to anybody and um yeah i mean it's, yep. just, it, it's a cool culture
1: it is it's a cool culture and a nice a nice little niche community that we have it's it's a lot of fun it's it's brought me a lot of joy through the last decade that's for sure
0: well, right on man well i sure appreciate you coming on and um, i just kind of want to highlight uh once again i uh, really think people should go check out your instagram Shaddock 311 and then uh you know you do have a blog i think you said you hadn't been on there in a long time but uh if people want to go in and check out some of your uh some of your stuff on there it's uh J. Shattuck, uh, wordpress.com. so i uh, just want to throw those out there yep. so so people know to, to go check you out and uh want to say thanks man for coming on and telling some awesome stories
1: yeah thank you thanks for having me It was great to chat with you and hopefully we chat again
0: all right that's the show thanks so much for tuning in don't forget to join the patreon page find me at patreon.com slash cascade hiker podcast also hit me up uh, with an email rudy CascadeHikerPodcast.com Find me on Facebook. My Facebook page is Cascade Hiker Podcast. Twitter, find me at in underscore cascade hiking. And I'm Cascade Hiker Podcast on Instagram. Thanks, Whiskey Fever, for letting me use this track here, Tall Grass, off their album Gonna Wake Up This Whole Town. Go find them at reverbnation.com slash Whiskey Fever. Hey, see you next week. You were sweet like honey on a
1: heartbeat. You were fine like wine and sunshine. I could feel you coming on strong. Could never be wrong. Could never be wrong. I see you laying down in the tall grass. Playing mandolin in a white dress. I come around when I hear that song. It could never be